Thanks for joining us for the Connect Podcast. I'm Cole Phillips, the lead pastor of the Connection Church, and every week we're going to look into the Bible to find out how God's Word connects to our everyday lives. It's going to be life-changing. The Connect Podcast is produced every week for your growth and inspiration. You can find all the show notes at makingtheconnection.org. You can also find the podcast on your favorite podcasting service, Follow me on Twitter at Cole Phillips and on Facebook and Instagram. You'll find all the links in the show notes. Now, let's get into the study. All right, I want to welcome you. It's so good to see you this morning as we get into God's Word so that we can get God's Word out of our lives and into the world around us. And today we're continuing in John chapter 15. Now remember, like the setting of this, this is the night before Jesus is headed to the cross, and he's saying some of the most important uh, things, and, and, and some of it's very heavy, but it's very important, uh, because this is what was on his heart right before he went to the cross, and, and uh, so he's been talking about abiding and living in his love, and walking in his love, and he continues that, but he moves it from just talking about his relationship or our relationship with God, which is uh, the, the most important relationship that we have, to our relationship with each other, which is also super important. It's super important that we know how to relate to each other. It matters, and God cares about how we're relating to each other because that's how we grow, that's how we live out uh, the Christian life is in our relationships. It's really easy to isolate ourselves or to get bitter and to, to write someone off and say, you know, I'm never going to talk to this person again. But Jesus says that that we can have these lifelong brother to brother, brother to sister, family relationships that, that really uh, help us and help each other to grow. But what we see too many times, because we're people and because of just selfishness, we see that we get divided from each other and division destroys uh, people, destroys groups of people, churches faster than anything else. When we get divided, we get crossways with each other. It's like, you know, I've been doing some, some work around my house where I'm I'm building and, and installing things and you got you when you're screwing something in, you know, it's really important that you don't get cross-threaded because what happens is that just jams the whole thing. You got to get that thread right and we get crossways with each other and it just jams up our relationships. It it will affect your relationship with God. It can destroy. I've seen whole churches destroyed because of uh fighting that happens and and you know sometimes it's over just silly things that don't even really matter sometimes it's over things like the color of carpet or the color of paint or or just just things you know how we do something that's really secondary that doesn't matter you always have to ask yourself is this thing that I'm so upset about does this really matter is it worth the cost of relationships and not only that but um, but the witness 
that that it gives to other people. Other people are watching the way we, we relate to each other. And if we don't know how to get along with each other, you know, then people look at us as Christians. They say, well, they don't they don't do any better than we do. Uh, why why should I follow Jesus? Why should I follow their example? And uh, the opposite of that is true, though. Unity, as a witness, people say, hey, I want that. You know, I say many times, like, like if you are in a church that really loves each other um, then and loves people that aren't here yet, then you have to barricade the doors of that church to keep people away. And, and every church is a loving church, right? Every church is a loving church, but it just depends on who do you love. Do you just love the people that are already there, or do you love those who are coming in the door. And so we want to make sure that there's enough love to go around and we're lo actually loving people that are walking in the door. But but disunity and division destroys our ability to reach people. It destroys our fellowship and fellowship is more than just, you know, punching cookies after church or donuts and coffee before church. Fellowship is something deeper. It's based on something and our fellowship is based on Jesus. I like to define the word fellowship as uh, it's really cheesy, really cheesy, but it's it's uh, you think about being on a ship and it's like two fellows on the same ship, two people on the same ship heading in the same direction. And so that's uh, fellowship. But fellowship, if ultimately, um, you know, it, it is a way, it is what we were created for. We were created to know and to be known, ultimately to know God and, and uh, be known by God, but also to uh, know others. And when we're divided and someone's seeking after Jesus, and th then there's this division that takes place. Ultimately, eternities are at stake and people can be pushed out of the church. They can be pushed off track, pushed away from God, repelled from him if there is division. We see this time and time again because, unfortunately, many Christians are known more for the, what they complain about and what they are upset about and their divisiveness. We're known for that more than we're known for what we're for or who we're for. Um, and so it really cuts to the heart of Jesus. Um, and, and when we are self-centered, we're selfish, uh, we're div divisive or divisive with each other. It's uh, it, it is it hurt, it pains the heart of God. Now here's the thing: we say, you know, we we quote for God so loved the world, and we say, oh, we just need to love the world. We need to have love for the world, and that's a really easy statement to say. Oh, I'm going to love the world. Meanwhile, in my family relationships, in my friend group. I've got these hurts and these grudges and, and, and I'm upset with someone else. See, world, loving the world is a great concept, but loving the world is lived out in our face-to-face -face relationships that we have with each other in the close connections. You can love the world at a distance, but it's ridiculous to say, you know, I love humanity, but I can't stand people. Well, no, it's people. Humanity is made up of people, and we express love on an individual basis with individual people. And so this is what Jesus is talking about in John chapter 15. We're going to look at verses 12 
through 17. And let me go ahead and read the whole passage. It's just five verses. And um, as we do this, hear the words of Jesus as he's talking about abiding in him, but also relating to each other. Here's what he says. He says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you may go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. He is talking about our relationship with each other primarily here, and it's so important that that the first thing I want us to know is like our ultimate command is to love one another, to love each other. That's what he says. My command is this, not my advice or my suggestion to you is this, uh, my life hack to you is this, or tip. (laughs) He says, no, this is a command. This is a command. Love each other as I have loved you. And so he's very clear, not only that we love each other, but how do we love each other? We love each other like Jesus loved us. How did Jesus love us? Well, he loved us so much that he paid the ultimate price. He went all the way to the cross. His love led him all the way to the cross where he stretched out his hands and he died. He sacrificed his life. That's a life of self-sacrifice. That is true love. A lot of people can say, um, I love you, but Jesus, he demonstrated his love by um, by his sacrifice. And so in John 13, which we looked at several weeks ago, he said, this is a new command. He keeps reiterating this command. He's very clear. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. How will the world know that we're followers of Jesus? Not by our fancy buildings, not by our best-selling books, Um, none of those ways, not by our great worship music, you know, none of those things, but by our love, our simple love for each other, that is the mark of a true believer. And that's the greatest witness. The greatest impact you can have is by practically showing love. And, um, and so he said that he said, this is the command. And again, in first John 3, 23, John says, and this is his command to believe in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. It just makes you wonder, why is this so important? Like, we get spiritually, you know, we're we're going to love God. But he says, hey, it's, it is about loving God, but it's more than that. It's about loving each other. This is so important, our love for each other. In fact, he gives us not only the ultimate command to love one another, but he gives us this ultimate standard of what love is. And it's his love. In verse 13, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. So this was the ultimate uh, display of love, his sacrifice. A lot of people can say, 
uh, I I love you, but no one who has ever died for you. No one has ever died for me before, but Jesus. He said it. He said, greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends, and then he did it. He wasn't just talking the talk. He went all the way to the cross. And in John chapter 13, it says, Jesus knew the hour had come for him to leave the world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So this right here, he's less than 24 hours away from the cross, and he's still loving. He's still loving his his followers. He's loving the world, and he continued to love them all the way to the end. You have, in order to be able to love others first, we got to realize how much you are loved by Jesus. Receive that love today. Remember the words in Romans 8.35 that says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Nothing will separate us from the love of God. And and, um, so whatever you're going through today, just know you are loved by God. And um, and, and again, in Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I mean, the, the love of Jesus is just, is just thick throughout the New Testament and throughout our lives. It, it permeates everything. 1 John 3.16, we know John 3.16. We should know 1 John 3.16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. That's how we know love, because Jesus gave his life for us and... As a result, we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. That is living a a life of love, is a life of self-sacrifice, that we love each other well. That means putting others uh, ahead of ourselves. I'm not talking about don't take care of yourself. You know, certainly you need to take care of yourself so that you you have energy to to love others and you have strength and and all this and health to love others. But the purpose of having all that health and and the life that we have is to love others well and it would just change so much in the in, in the area of our our relationship dynamics but also just in the way the world operates if we're truly as believers living lives of love because our relationship there's this there's this um, vertical relationship with God, but there's this horizontal relationship with each other. And of course, what, what shape does that make? It's the shape of a cross. And so Jesus was showing us this on the cross as he was giving his life, laying down his life for you and for me. But also there's this ultimate bond that we see here. And it's the ultimate bond of friends. Um, I'll read verses 14 and 15. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I've learned from my father I've made known to you. It's friendship. It's a two-way street, right? And uh, it's just mind-blowing to think that the God of the universe calls me and calls you his friend. We have watered down and cheapened 
the word friend to where it just means somebody that we've clicked a, a, a button on Facebook to say, you're my friend. No, friendship is much deeper than that. Friendship goes much deeper. You can't just unfriend a, a true friend. And, and as followers of Jesus, there's this bond. We are bonded together that is based on Jesus himself. But also, we got to realize that, that for Jesus, he says that being his friend, there is a condition to it. And that is that you know his commands, that you do his commands in order to be his friend. A lot of people, you know, they like to throw around the name of Jesus. And yet the Jesus they're talking about is not the Jesus that's revealed in the Bible. There's some very specific things of, of who Jesus is that we see in the Bible. And that's the Jesus that we want to know and we want to uh, follow, okay? That he was born of a virgin, that he lived a perfect, sinless life, that he died uh, on the cross for your sin and for mine, and that he rose again, and uh, that he ascended to the to the Father. All of these things are pivotal. They're, they're vital in order to know the true Jesus. There's no way to be his friend if we don't know what he says. And the way we know what he says is in his word, in the Bible. Um, so we need to seek his word. We need to listen to his word. And even the words he's saying right here in John 15, this is his word in order to be his friend. Because friends relate with each other. They share with each other. They respond to each other. And, um, you know, when, when there is joy, uh, a joy shared is a joy doubled. When there's sorrow and hurt shared, that hurt is cut in half. The problems that we face when we're sharing problems with each other, it's much easier to go through it when we know we're not going through it alone. And whatever you're facing today, I hope that you don't feel like you're facing it alone, that you would reach out and connect, connect with our connection groups, connect uh, in, in whatever way you can with ministries that, that are available at your church. And, and this means, you know, that, that we understand that when we see people, we know they're struggling. We know of our struggles and even our secret struggles. Uh, just understand that everybody is facing a struggle that, that we don't know anything about. They haven't shared. So, so we want to notice people, look them in the eye, uh, love them. John 15, 10, Jesus says, he, he says, if you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love, just as I've kept my father's commands and remain in his love. So Jesus, he lived it out and we want to live it out by following him. Um, and, and how do you know if you're his follower? Well, 1 John 2, 3 tells us we know that we've come to know him if we keep his commands. Now, you know, you're never going to get this perfect because we're, we're fallen. I mean, we, we, <laughs> we fall short. Um, we're never going to perfectly keep those commands, but having a heart to strive to, to honor God with our lives, you know, that shows God uh, our commitment to him. But it also, let me just tell you, there's no better way to live than by following the, the commands and the principles of God's word. And this friendship and the friendship that we have, it's based on who Jesus is. He uh, showed us just what God had told him. He says this, he says, 
He says, everything I've learned from my father, I've made known to you. And so he's sharing that with us and his word uh, gives us the, the structure for true friendships. And our real friendships are centered and founded and based on the word of God and the truth of God's word. Why? Well, our ultimate purpose, he gives us this ultimate purpose, and that is to go and to bear fruit in verse 16. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might, so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, in the name of the father will be given to you. Okay, so there's a very real sense that you are chosen by God, that God chose you. And yes, that doesn't take away your free will and your free choice to respond and to choose him, but he has chosen you. And, and as followers of Jesus, we are chosen, we are called, uh, we are appointed by Jesus, and we've been given that same purpose that Jesus had to go into the world to uh bear fruit. We're talking about fruit bearing and, and all that that means. And um, first, I want us to understand like believers, followers of Jesus, we are chosen and we are called by Jesus for a purpose. We uh, didn't first love him. He first loved us. He first called us and sent us out to serve him. So God comes to us. His spirit comes to us and draws us to him. And then he he appoints us and he calls us to do some certain things, right? Uh, and, and it's amazing just to think that we are chosen. I, it blows my mind that I am chosen by God. 1 Corinthians one twenty seven says, God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. Listen, if we were the most talented, if we we're the smartest people, you know, then people go, well, that's just their own, their own giftedness. And, and yet, you know, he chose us in our weakness. He uses uh, those of us who have, have humbled ourselves and realized, you know, I'm not all that. Um, but I'm so thankful that God can use my life for a greater purpose. Uh, and people look at us and they're like, wow. God, that must be God, because that couldn't be, you know, he's not that smart. He's not that talented. That must be a God thing. And that's how God chooses to work. And we're called and chosen for three specific purposes. First, to go into the world, to go as that you might go. And we are uh, his ambassadors, which an ambassador is somebody that's chosen by a country to represent that country to another country. Well, we are representatives of Jesus. We are from God's kingdom and we are sent into uh, the world around us to represent Jesus, to share his message with our world. We're not called out of the world to just be in this exclusive kind of club that nobody else, like a country club that nobody else can be a part of. We are called to go out and bring people in because we know that our eternity is sure and secure, but that's not enough for us. We want to make sure that we bring along as many people as we can. Once you know you're saved, then the reason that you're still here is to go and share 
the hope and the love and the forgiveness, the salvation of Jesus, the message of your king with the world. And so in 2 Corinthians 5.20, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That's being an ambassador, that we would go in whatever uh, arena we're in, whatever uh, area or place we're in, we have an opportunity to represent Jesus. And sometimes that could just be, and you know, and, and I've been, even been in situations where, you know, I'll get short with people or whatever, and then I catch myself and I say, hey, uh, how are you doing? And you start to take an interest in someone uh, because you know that they're struggling and, and you're representing, you may be the only uh, Bible that somebody reads. You may be the only Jesus that someone sees. Um, and so you've, you, you're, you're carrying God's spirit in your life and, and you want to go and share that with others. And he's told us to go into all the world. But then also, not only to go, but he says we're going to go in order to bear fruit, to produce fruit. And fruitfulness, you know, is, um, is seeing people's lives change. That would be uh, fruit. But also the fruitfulness, the fruit of the spirit in our life that we're growing and changing. And we've got love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We've got all that happening in our life. Colossians 1.10 says, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. So there's all kinds of ways that you produce fruit in your life. But then also, check this out, we are called also to receive the things of God because he says uh, in Matthew 21, 22, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. And so back in this uh, verse, you know, he says um, that you may, whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. And what happens is as we're abiding in Jesus, as we're living and we're walking in him, then he is, um, he's changing us so that the things we ask for are in line with what God would want to give us, with what God would want to do. And so he changes our wanter. He changes our mindset. And we begin to pray uh, for the kinds of things, not for selfish reasons, but for things that that would uh, that God is already. Don't you think that if you pray for the things that God wants to happen in your life and to happen in the life of of the world and the people around you, He's going to be ready to respond and to give you those things. Okay, and then I love that the way this this passage that we're looking at, the way Jesus ends is the same way he started because he gives us that ultimate command again love one another this is my command he says in verse 17 love each other why does he say it again he says it over and over and over because i think he knows we have a short-term memory what is this all about it's about loving each other and how do we do it we love like jesus we love like we've been loved and so we receive his love and we share his love. And that's what he's called us to do. I wonder, you know, have you received the love of Jesus? Do you, have you fully received that? Because that's the way you're going to be able to go out and, and, and love others in that same way. So I want us to pray right now and pray that, uh, that you're, I, I pray for you that, you that you're receiving the love of God, but that you're loving others. You could be such a, a difference maker in someone's life today, this week, just by sharing God's love 
with them. You can make all the difference in the world. So let's pray together right now. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you. I thank you so much for your love, God, that, that you didn't just say you love us, but God, you sent your son Jesus to show your love on the cross. God, that full display of love. Help us to receive that love, to live in, in um, just awareness of how much you love us, God, how much you're for us, that you, the God of the universe, call us your friend. Thank you for that. And God, help us then to be your hands and your feet in your heart, your voice to others, to show and to share your love and your truth and your message of salvation, God, with the world around us, the difference you want to make in people's lives. God, use us today and this week. We thank you. We're trusting in you. And we pray all this in the powerful and holy name of Jesus. Amen. All right. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a lot of fun and I look forward to seeing you again uh, really soon. Have a blessed, blessed week. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us for this week's Connect podcast. If you liked what you heard, then be sure to like, share, comment, subscribe, rate. We want to spread this good word to everybody we can who needs to hear this message. I hope you have a great week and I look forward to you joining us next week for the Connect podcast.